Hey guys, welcome to the Improvement Podcast, where the mission is to help young men develop their character, identity, and mindset in order to activate their potential and achieve their goals in life. So on today's episode, we have another special guest. His name is SF Banks. He is a publisher, creator, and innovator. Thank you for coming on to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our conversation today, man. Yes, sir. And so just to give the listeners an idea of who you are, could you tell them a little bit about your background and what you do? Uh, so my background is youth development. Uh, I've been in youth development for over 20 years and started out with IM Defense Institute. It was a self-defense program for women and children. And from there, we went to You Can Have It All Youth Conferences, uh, which is designed to motivate kids to go after their dreams. Uh, camp Warrior King, which is a youth development camp, which is all about exposing kids to extracurricular activities. Uh, that normally wouldn't experience during the year and you can have it all magazine which is all about motivating kids to you know be inspired by other youth that are doing great things uh, in addition to that I uh, created a uh, team hot sauce uh, which are personal development characters designed to motivate kids and to inspire them to have better character uh, and a team hot sauce success stacks which builds self-efficacy so and we stay pretty busy hey i can tell and i definitely respect <laughs> what you do it's something that's sure. definitely needed uh, we're kind of i guess you could say doing similar lines of work. And yeah. so I know that as far as on my story, there was definitely a catalyst for me or definitely experiences for me that kind of guided me to want to do this on the side of my um, part-time, I guess part-time on the side of my job. But um, what I wanted to know was what inspired you to do the magazine and to get into the character development and everything for kids full-time? The need. Uh, so when we were doing Camp Worry King and, and I Am Defense, the martial arts program, you know, we were, the martial arts, of course, is developing, it's a whole body experience, really, so it's developing the mind, body, and the spirit, um, and Camp Warrior King is exposure, but there was still a need, a, a bigger need to be able to get kids motivated and going after their dream on a different level, and the camp and the martial arts program is local, right? You can only work with so many kids at a time. You can only motivate so many kids at a time, you know, physically, but with the magazine, then we could have a further reach. So it's really about having a, a greater reach to be able to motivate more children around the world. Uh, I believe that motivation is a universal language, uh, meaning that everybody wants to be motivated. Everybody wants to be happy generally, right? People want to feel good about themselves. Uh, and so we want to be able to, to do that. Yeah, that's definitely a noble cause. And something else that kind of popped across my mind that I wanted to ask you about related to that is what was it about helping kids and the self-defense and everything that resonated with you personally to make it to where it was something you could really tie yourself to and, and devote yourself to? Was it like uh, an experience? Was it something that went on in your life or, or what? Uh, well, the, with the self-defense program, it see was playing in my heart years ago. Uh, my aunt and cousin were murdered in a domestic violence situation. And from that moment, you know, I always wanted to do something to, you know, you know, honor them uh, so that their, you know, their death wasn't, you know, something that was in vain. Uh, so 10 years later, 10 years after they were murdered, uh, started the I Am Defense Institute uh, for Women and Children in honor of my aunt, my cousin. Uh, and so that was what really motivated me to do it. But initially, I had no passion to work with kids at all. I wasn't interested in working with youth. Uh, it was just, it wasn't my background. It wasn't something that I felt comfortable doing. I wasn't interested. I mean, I, I absolutely didn't want to do it. And even when people would say, Hey man, you know, you should, you should work with youth. You know, you seem pretty good at it. I would, you know, like dismiss it. Like, nah, I'm not doing that. 
and uh, it just kept coming back around. And so finally, you know, the door closed on the other things I was doing. I was in business uh, in real estate. And uh, when the market changed, you know, it left kind of closed some doors and I had to figure out something else to do. And fortunately, you know, I wasn't hard headed for too long and started getting into youth development. Jesus, I definitely wasn't expecting a, a spray. Like that. <laughs> that was yeah. that was not in the bio. <laughs> yes, sir. That's uh, that's intense. But I can definitely see how something like that could could spark you because you know that's that's pretty traumatic to have something like that happen in your life. And so, right. you know, to see that strike so close to home, I can see how that could change your perspective on uh, the need for that sort of thing and how you could use your gifts that you had to be able to help people to avoid situations like that. Definitely. Right. right. Yeah, it was, it was, um, I mean, you know, it was, it was really traumatic for our family and, you know, it just felt like, okay, if maybe just maybe if she had been aware or had some sense of what to do in a situation like that, maybe she, you know, her life could have been spared or my cousin's life could have been spared. And, you know, it's, you know, you never know, but, you know, at least now, you know, we're helping other people to, you know, hopefully prevent the same situation from happening to them and one of their loved ones. Yeah, I respect it. And one thing that I would at least assume is that by you taking this sort of role to provide that sort of value when it comes to the self-defense and developing kids, I'm sure that it's a lot more fulfilling just due to the fact that, you know, this is something that you know, directly correlates to events that happen in your life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's definitely fulfilling to be able to, to do it and to see that, um, you know, there was some positive that's coming out of, you know, the, a, a tragic situation, right? So we, you know, we all deal with tragedies in our life and sometimes you're able to do something positive about it. Sometimes you're not. And this is a situation where we were actually able to do something positive about it uh, or, you know, in response to it and be able to help other people. So that's definitely uh, gratifying to be able to do that and to see uh, women and children, or even with our development program, see young adults go on to other levels and, and to do other things in their life. Right. Because I mean, it's a choice at the end of the day, whether or not you're going to turn into something positive or let that negativity eat you up and absolutely uh, let that energy out in other ways. But that's one of those things about taking that positive route it's free to be able to craft it into positivity. There's some growth. There's some, I guess, soul searching. There's some, some pain that you have to face and you have to kind of kind of process. What was right. that uh, process like for you? To as far as developing, as far as with my aunt, my cousin, or from what aspect? So how it affected you uh, personally and everything, kind of facing that situation and coping with it. What, uh-huh. what would you say was some of the work that you had to do to get to a point to where it was something you could come to terms with and at the same time push yourself forward to be able to offer value in the best way? Uh, For me, it was the determination that I was going to do something about it, uh, that I was going to do something in their honor one day. That was what gave me a sense of of resolve, um, was holding on to that. One day I'll be able to do something. I don't know what it is. I mean, it was, like I said, it was 10 years from the time that they were murdered to the time that I started the Iron Defense Institute. And so that's a pretty long time, especially when you're young. I mean, I was 17, right, mm-hmm. when it happened. And so that's a, I mean, for 17 to 27, it's like a lifetime, right? And so it was a really long time before I was able to do something. But, you know, in, in that process, time, you know, healed a lot of things. Uh, a lot of my other family members were impacted a lot more 
um, than I was just because I was younger and, you know, and they were a lot closer, um, like, you know, like my mom or my sister, right, in those situations. But um, the resolve that I was going to one day be able to do something in their honor was something that, you know, allowed me to, to push through it, uh, that, you know, that was that was what gave me hope to, to keep going and what allowed me not to get uh, sucked into, you know, a deep depression, you know, over it. That's great. So from what it sounds like, just making that declaration that you were going to do something about it was uh, something that I guess put it on your mind, made it to where it could be a possibility down the road. Absolutely. And it just so happens that you, I guess you developed the mindset at that point after 10 years to be able to have an eye for positive outlets, I guess right. you could say. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, in situations in life, it's, it's, you know, you can't always do something about what happened, right? But you can always change your attitude on how how it impacts you. You can always make a decision with and how you're going to respond. How right? you're going to respond to it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, this was a situation in my life where it was like, okay, this is how I'm going to respond to it. You know, I'm going to do something about it. You know, I'm not going to allow it to consume me, eat me alive, because you know, everybody is not as fortunate. You know, even I mean, in my family, I mean, we have family members that were really deeply impacted by it and it totally changed you know this their life you know and um and that was unfortunate that it happened uh, i was fortunate to be able to to have that resolve you know and i didn't know whether or not that resolve was gonna uh, make it easier for me it was just i just held on to that you know every time i would get angry about it then it would you know hey i'm gonna do something about it uh fortunately you know he was you know uh, arrested and you know we got justice in that he was so end up serving time in, in prison well life in prison and so you know we got some justice behind that so that helped out a lot um but even still you know it didn't replace the fact that they were gone when you were saying that it reminded me of a of a guy that i talked to some years back mm-hmm. and he had a, a friend that committed suicide so it's not of course directly related to this situation but sure the point that he was making was that when you just have somebody just abruptly taken from your life, he said it's kind of like a, a shockwave, I guess you could say, because yes. there are ways that death impacts your life that you never would have thought of, of course, because you never would have pictured that person just being gone like that. I mean, you can right. think about it like this. Let's say somebody's somebody's father just like died in a car accident or something like that. Right. Next, next thing you know, they wake up for school the next day. You know, they're trying to, I don't know, go back to normal, wherever it is. Right. Dad used to be the one to bring him to school right. or dad used to be the one to pick them up or something like that. Right. Or they used to come home from the bus and they'd see him sitting on the couch right. or something like that, watching TV, just all these different things. And, you know, then people further removed from it where right. you know, his friends may have golfed with him every week. All of a sudden you don't see him there anymore. Maybe he was the guy that brought the balls. And right. so just kind of thinking about that and how you said that it impacted some of the people in your family in a much stronger way. That was just the thing that kind of popped into my mind. And I think that's something that a lot of people kind of miss. And, you know, I guess bringing up the the suicide thing, too, that that was just something that, uh, you know, kind of reminded me of. And so just something to consider, even though it's not directly related. But well, I mean, it is. I mean, things I mean, tragedy impacts people's lives and it impacts everybody differently. Everybody deals with tragedy differently. And then based on the person and the relationship, they deal with it differently. Uh, but the, you know, tragedy, it is, it is, 
exactly what it is. It's, it's tragedy, right? It's, it's it's a jolting thing. And coping with that is, I don't think that there is a one way that everybody copes with tragedy. I think that everybody deals with it differently based on their makeup and based on, you know, I mean, you start going into like their belief system and, and, and on down the line. Um, what I do know is that with any situation, the the thing is, however you can, you got to continue to press forward. And I think that any person that we lose in a tragedy, the last thing they would want any of us to do is to not keep going and to just stop, right? Like none of them will want us to just give up and, and quit and throw in the towel. They would all want you to keep going and keep pressing and keep moving forward. Uh, and especially now, I mean, with the suicide rates being as high as they are, especially with young young men, um, one of the things that, because there's so much going on in the world, young men have to find something to hold on to. They have to find some resolve, some purpose, some meaning to hold on to. And it's, it's different for everybody, uh, just based on their path in life and based on where they've been, but they have to find something to hold on to. And when they can't, man, if the other thing is, is not being afraid to, to seek help. You know, if, if you're in a situation where you're like, man, I'm consumed with, you know, I can't get out of this dark place. I can't break out of it. I've, I've tried everything I know to do. I've done this. I've done that. I've called friends. I've, you know, I've been to church. I've, you know, I've been down. I've been baptized five times. I've been went. I've been prayed for. I talked to the pastor. I talked to my mom and my daddy. I've done right. Okay. So then when they feel like all hope is lost, then what do they do? It's, it is, you know, if they haven't went to go get help, go get help or get yourself admitted you know, so that you're safe because the, you do more good being alive than you do being gone. I like how you tied that all together. I know yeah. I was kind of off the wall, but then sorry. you kind of <laughs> found a way to mesh it in. Yeah, sir. <laughs> I think that's great. One point that you made about the purpose you know, when it comes to young men, and I definitely agree with that, where a lot of them, maybe the reason why they take their life is because they don't really see well, I guess I would imagine this is probably a reason for the majority of them, if not all, they don't really see a point in even living anymore. Mm -hmm. And if someone had a purpose that they were driving towards, there would be a whole lot more incentive to stick around. And right. something that I think a lot of people that commit suicide don't consider is really how selfish it is. And, you know, I might, that might be controversial to say mm -hmm. something like that, but this is the way I look at it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by them taking themselves out of their situation like that just abruptly and only thinking about their interest. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if, you know, everyone's situation could be, could be different, but I would imagine there's something you could do to communicate with somebody and mm -hmm. get the point across to them to the point to where they were trying to help you before right. you end up doing something like that to yourself. But when you decide to do it, mm -hmm. that leaves the people around you with a certain type of guilt that they'll probably never be able to get over. Right. Just knowing right. that, you felt that your life was so horrible and they were part mm -hmm. of that life that was so horrible that you right. feel like you had to take your life instead of going to them and communicating. Right. So that's just the way that I, I think about it. And right. I know that um, if a lot more young men had purpose, like you were saying, had things to put their energy to something mm -hmm. to dedicate their life to uh, that would happen a lot less. Right. Right. And I agree. I mean, it would happen a lot less. I mean, the, you know, everybody's, you know, situation and story, um, with that is, is different, right? I mean, the, but especially the ones who have a loving structure 
right? The ones that have people that were supporting or that are supporting uh, that believe in them and want more for them and are willing to do whatever it takes for them to get help. And then they still, you know, decide to take their life. Yes, that is a very, uh, very, very, very selfish thing. I mean, you call it what it is and, and it's okay to call it that. Um, it is a very selfish thing. It doesn't take away the sting from it, um, but it's a very selfish thing to do because now you have, you know, a whole family of people, right, that are forever impacted by this thing and cannot get answers and can't change it. And so it's a very traumatic thing. Um, but, but purpose, I think purpose, especially for young men, changes a lot of things. Purpose changes a lot of things, especially in young men. Um, because the, as young adults, as young men, you want something that you're driving towards, you know, something that you're believing in. And a lot of times we're looking in the past. And when you're looking in the past, you're looking at way, the way things used to be. And when you're focused on the past, you can't see what's coming, right? There's a reason why when you're driving, the rear view mirror is really, really small and the windshield is really, really big. It's because you're supposed to look back in the back for reference, right? Not to just stare at it, right? What's in right. front of you is big. That's where your eyes should be set. And so it's it's your your past is very small in comparison to your future. Your future is big, like the windshield. Your past is small, right? And as far as impacting your life, like, you know, a rear view mirror, uh, even the side mirrors. I mean, you think about it like that. Either side, it's real small. You're supposed to look mm -hmm. to the left, to the right. You, you don't stay over there looking in that side mirror for a long time. Right. Look over there, see what you need to do. Get over there and do it. Right. Which means that in that respect, right. Keep your distractions small. Right. So looking behind you, the past, you keep that small. You don't look back for a long time. And those distractions to the left and to the right, you keep that small. Right. Now, some distractions are good. Right. You play a video game, hang out with your friends, go do something, R&R, &R, whatever. It's good. But you're not supposed to stay over there. Right. You're supposed to stay in front, you know, marching forward, pressing forward. And that's why it's called pressing. If it wasn't called pressing, that means there wouldn't be any challenges. And uh, a lot of young brothers now, I don't know why they expect for life to be easy. Life is not designed to be easy. If it was designed to be easy, you wouldn't have a reason to have any faith. And it's not easy for any person, regardless of what color you are. Every person, of every color on this planet has their own set of challenges. Every group has their own set of challenges. And the thing is, is that regardless of what your challenge is, you face it head on. Know that you're bigger than whatever your challenge is and you press. I like this. I like this, what we're getting into. So let's let's press on that a little bit. So you mentioned how a lot of young men today want things to be easy. They don't want to take that challenge. They don't want to pursue growth or whatever it is that can you know, probably hurt their ego, hurt their feelings. Right. Anything like that. And what do you right. think is the cause of a lot of that where you see a lot of young men not wanting to, I guess, take delve into the, the path of like, I guess, a fulfilling life, you know, it's going to come with challenges and, and heartbreaks and things like that. There's there's so many different factors. I don't, I don't think that there's just one, but there there are several. Uh, one is, you know, uh, we've created a culture where everybody gets a trophy. Right. Every kid gets a trophy at a at a at a at a award ceremony, right? Because you participated, right? You might come in 30th place, but you get a trophy. So you have no reason to want to do better because you right. still got a trophy, right? Um, as opposed to, you know, no, you don't get a trophy because you sucked and you got to do better. And it's okay if you didn't do well, you got to do better. And by doing better, 
then you'll get you'll earn that trophy. So they they lose their grit. They don't have a reason to have any grit if you're gonna get it if you're gonna get a trophy anyway. That's one. Um, another issue, uh, especially in especially especially uh, in the black community uh, with our with our young men, is there is a huge lack of fathers. Uh, there's a big lack of fathers, and and I'm a product of a single mother, right? So, but there is a huge lack of fathers in the black community. So there's um, there's a certain balance that comes into play, right? And a lot of a lot of our young men are lacking. They they lack their fathers, so then they're lacking the male relationship or the way that a man grooms and raises a child. They're they're lacking that. Uh, a lot of them, and that impacts us differently. Some of us are able to say, okay, well, we get mentors, right? Like for, for, my, for me, I had a lot of male mentors in my life that made up for the fact that my dad didn't live with me. Uh, I knew him, right? I could go see him, I could talk to him, but a lot of the part of my life, it was over the phone. He wasn't present. So I had a lot of male mentors that were helping me out. Well, now you don't even have the male mentorship that you had before, or the male or the mentorship that you have is bad where they're leading them in the wrong direction, where, you know, they want this microwave society. So a lot of the young men, their mentors are on television, their mentors are on music, right? And there's nothing wrong with actors and rappers, and there's nothing wrong with that. But those aren't the people that are supposed to be raising your children. And they're raising your children through their words and a rap lyric, right? If, if a kid is taking that rap lyric and they're using that for their example in life and that's the primary example they have, then something's wrong. If they're, if they're celebrating the fact that, okay, I was able to sell this, this and that to make this money real quick and I'm smashing this chick over there and oh yeah, and I'm smashing your chick too and I'm driving off and this right here, like there's no repercussions for those decisions, then they don't want to go get a job. They don't want to go and start a business that's mm-hmm. going to be that's going to take time and effort and patience to make it happen. They want the fast thing. So it's just like fast food or microwave food, right? It takes longer to cook a nice big meal, but it tastes better as opposed to throwing something in the microwave. Same thing. Okay. Okay. So just to kind of recap on what you said, I, I grabbed three things. All right. So you said the participation trophy type culture and society that's been built where Everybody, I guess you could say, feels entitled to to get a reward. Yeah. Then you said the lack of strong male role models, mainly like in the households. And then the third thing that you said was, uh, I guess, the microwave society, where I think I guess we could really sum it up to people not having a good idea of what the real path is towards success, because something that I've noticed about those same people that you mentioned that young guys might look up to rappers, athletes, and all that. All these guys are most of the time in there. They're like, you know, late teens, early twenties, maybe thirties, something like that. And so that kind of, I guess, pushes that idea that it's supposed to be something quick since all these guys looking up to them are young too. And that kind of even goes back to the male role model thing, where if they, if they had solid male role models in the house that are modeling what, I guess, common success I'll say or productive success looks like mm-hmm. then they would have a much better expectation of how life is going to be am well, I am yeah. I kind of on the path you're saying well yeah I mean well think about it like this I mean when you uh, when you see a we'll just say an entertainer right just an entertainer and it's unfair to them that they have to be put in this position to be role models for 
you know, a million kids, right? It's unfair right. to them to have to be put up on that pedestal because they're human too. And so what happens, you take an example of somebody like a Bill Cosby, right? Where, you know, this was America's dad, right? There's, and that was his title. Man, that's mm-hmm. way up on a pedestal, right? This is somebody that was a dad to everybody, so to speak, right? Well, then you find out that, you know, there's this other side of him, right? That he's being accused of doing all these things. And then he gets knocked off that pedestal. Well, here's the thing. He's still America's dad, right? He's not perfect. And one of the things that happens is this this idea that they're supposed to be perfect, this idea of perfection. And so then when they don't, they, so so then when they're knocked off that pedestal, uh, then all of a sudden, now there's no figure to look at, right? We always end up having these one or two people that we got to look at is like the, you know, the idea of, of what uh, a person should be or what a dad should be in a black community or what a male should be. Um, but the, the reality is, is that when you look at some of these people that our, our kids are idolizing, they're only seeing one side. They're only seeing the success, right? The, the, the shiny thing, the money, that part. They're not seeing all the other parts of this person's life. They're not seeing, right? Because success is the whole pie. Success is not just money. They're not seeing the health challenges they go through or if, they, if their health is good, what the relationship's like with their family, what the relationship, their mental health, uh, you know, area, you know, uh, they're not seeing what their life is like with, with family or friends, right? All those things that go into what success is, they don't see that. They just see one aspect. And so I think that that uh, misleads a lot, of, a lot of youth. Yeah, 100%. And to kind of add to this, of course, time back into what you said about having father figures in the household, mm-hmm. it really starts right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, people will look to these celebrities and they'll say, well, at least people used to say that they wanted that like Jada and that Will type love. Right. Um, you, see, you see how that played out. But really, right. should people even be having to look to people on a TV that they never even met before in their life as right. like mentors or models in the first place? It really should start at home and then from there into your local community Uh, there really should be enough examples around you locally people that you could actually talk to face to face to where you don't even need to go out and look for these people that you'll never even meet in your life never be able to see you know the full depth of them as a person or anything and try and get them to be a role model for you and then for the people who do do that where you could even say you know i do that to a degree looking at people on linkedin or something that where I like their content, but mm-hmm. there's a certain level of maturity that, that you have to take with it because right. of course, as you get older, I mean, sure. You, you definitely know, you just mentioned it. You have to look at people and I'll say, see traits that you want to model right. in yourself. Don't maybe right. not look at that person and put them on this pedestal, like you were saying, and see them as like this, uh, this deity or a God or something. Right. Say, right. I don't know who that guy is behind closed doors. But all I know is this, when I see him speak to people, I like his charisma. I like the way that he communicates. Right. I'm to model that in myself and I'm going to do the same. That way right. you're really not let down at the end of the day because right. there was something that you're looking to him for. Right. Absolutely. I agree a thousand percent. Right. It's taking the characteristics, the traits that you like. Right. Like, you know, it's it and, and that and that's a that's a great thing. And, and it's two things. You know, we were talking about that you were, you were mentioning, you know, looking at somebody like a Jada and Will. And one in that relationship and right and how people model that the, the thing is is that it was never designed that 
you know, okay, if you're in the nucleus, right, and you're supposed to have layers of friendships or layers of relationships, so you're in a nucleus and they're supposed to spiral out, okay, mm -hmm. so you have your inner circle, right, your holies of holies, for example, your mom, your dad, or whoever raised you, right, those people, those closest people in your life, that those are the people that really you want to model, right, because those are the people that know you, they love you unconditionally, they, they want the best for you. And especially if they're related to you, those are the e easiest people to model because you have their DNA. You look like them. You walk like them. You talk like them. I could be more like my dad than I can be like Michael Jordan. So if we're talking about that nucleus, you know, my dad is here. Michael Jordan is way out here. Like you said, it's somebody I'll never see. I'll never have a conversation with. Maybe I can read a book. But that book is pretty much designed to get me to buy the book, right? It's not necessarily, it's telling me things I, they want me to know, not the real truth about them, their fears and their real, their real character behind closed doors, right? I'm seeing the front stage, not the backstage. And, and so I can never really measure up to being that person, but I can be like my dad, right? I can, I can do that because I have his DNA. And so that's the reason why you have fathers, you have grandfathers, right? Look at, look at particularly uh, in the black community, a huge lack of grandfathers. So all that wisdom is gone. So you have a, a, a male child, a male child, and this male child doesn't have a father or doesn't know who their father is, doesn't have a relationship with their father, don't know their grandfather, don't know who their grandfather is, don't have a relationship with them, may not know their aunts or their, or their uncles. Right. Or you might have one or two uncles and then, you know, their intentions either aren't good or they're, they're not living how they're supposed to be living. Or maybe you have that. But that DNA strand, that father and that grandfather, all that wisdom is not there. So there's a reason why so many young men are lacking confidence. Right. Why they don't have the confidence, why they don't have the, the self-efficacy to believe that they can do something because they could they don't they can't turn to see a dad that did it. They can't turn to see a grandfather that did it. Just the stories and the history of how they made it through certain challenges. They don't have to be rich. Just how they made it through. How'd your granddad make it through the Great Depression? How'd he make it through the civil rights movement? What did he do? What was that like? Right? That fortitude that he had to have to make it. Right? That's part of what the makeup that a child has. Man, I, I can do it because my granddad was marching with, you know, um, Malcolm X or, or Eldridge Cleaver or Dr. King or, or doing whatever, or he was part of, you know, the SCLC or he was doing this over here or he was in the military or he wasn't doing none of that. He was over in law school or he was, you know, he was a trash man, but he was doing X, Y, Z. He just, he served at a deacon at his church, right? Whatever the story is, that's missing, right? And so what, there's no foundation. And so what happens is, is that then you have single mothers, a lot of times or grandmothers uh, or guardian that has to raise a child that doesn't have that foundation. And so that's part of the challenge that we're seeing. It's not just for black children. You're seeing it with white children, you're seeing it with Hispanic children, you're seeing it with all kids. You're seeing it everywhere. Right. I love it. You know, I love it. I, I agree with pretty much everything that you're saying and it all makes sense. And I can definitely see how, you know, even applying some of those elements to my own upbringing how it affected me. So I guess just to give you like a little bit of background about me, I had a father for, for most of uh, my life, but uh, from reflecting on it and listening to the stuff that you were saying, it really just made me think that, you know, looking at my grandpa, like on, on his side, you know, he was very quiet guy, didn't, didn't talk much, kind of worked, minded his own business, that sort of thing. And 
you know, while the idea of it, while I guess the the system itself is solid, you know, I guess the, the players in it are really going to be the biggest factor at the end of the day. And while your players aren't always going to be the best, in most cases, I'll say it's better to have some player there than Absolutely. no player on your on your team at all. And, and that's Absolutely. what I'm talking about with the single moms and all that. And I wanted to tie this into it. A lot of people, I'm not going to, you know, go to one side or the other. I'm just going to say people in general sure. tend sure. to look at one parent or the other parent and try and devalue that type of parent in general saying that they're not necessarily needed. And so since this is a man's podcast, well, I wanted to ask you due to the fact that you work with kids, due to the fact that this is something that you look at and that we're talking about right now. If someone asked you, what value do fathers bring to the table that a single mom couldn't bring? What would you tell them? Off the cuff that a mother couldn't bring. Um, a mother can't show a young man how to be a man. And because she just she's not a man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't care what what she does. She's not a man. She can't she can't show him how to be a man. Right. And 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 that and there's so many different facets of that. So when you start talking about, you know, what do you mean, Sean, about how to be a man? Okay, How to be a man, how to one, how does a man have a relationship with God? A woman can't tell you that. She can't tell you how a man has a relationship with God because a man that has a relationship with God is modeling God as a father. A mama, a mama can't be a father. She could be a mama. That's just what it is. Now, it doesn't mean she's not capable. And it doesn't mean that she doesn't end up having the ability to do it, right? Because we see that time and time again. But it's how do they have that relationship, that accountability? How do they how do they lead a family? How do they raise their children? How should they do it? Right. Those things she can't teach him. How is he supposed to be a provider? Right. How is he supposed to handle himself that regardless of if the relationship between the father and the mother don't don't work out? How should he still deal with his children? Right. Those are things that a woman can't teach. The the position of a man in a family is irreplaceable, regardless of what we try to say or do. It is irreplaceable. You can't replace it. Uh, you can. Um, work around it right there's ways to to i mean obviously right there's ways to work around it to make it work i mean we're all here but but that position is 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 irreplaceable she she can't talk to him and she can't teach him how to be how to be a man how do you how to get up i mean and then we talk about being a man how to be uh if we're talking specifically how to be a black man the big difference on how to be a black man in america compared to how to be a white man in america or a hispanic man in america Right. How do you do that? What's the best way to navigate? And that is based on the relationship and the things that that man has experienced in his past. And he uses his experience in his past to teach his children. Son, based on what I've experienced, this is what you should look out for. And then that child says, oh, well, OK, dad, well, my experience might be a little different, but I have that knowledge now so that when I come up against what you're talking about, I know how to deal with that. Because, for example, in this country, a black woman is treated differently than a black man is treated in this country. So she can't teach him that. Right. And so it's those those certain things we talk about specifics. Uh, mm -hmm. But if we get back generally how to be a man, how to, they, they can't do that. OK. And so I'll just add my two cents to this. Uh, yeah. So I can tell that you're a man of faith and also that 
you're with that being said that your values and everything probably align more so with the traditional side of things. And so uh, I'm Christian as well, but just to make it a little bit more, um, I guess, how do I, how do I put it to make it like a little bit more general for maybe sure. people that might not necessarily subscribe to traditional values or Christian sure. values. Sure. What, what I'll say is that th this is kind of my take or perspective on it. I, I definitely agree with what you said about specific situations, because at the end of the day, there are going to be certain things that a man comes across in life that a man has to deal with where it comes to culture, stigma, sure. you know, your body and those sure. sorts of things and the dynamics of being a man in a relationship that it's going to sure. be tough for a woman to teach a boy sure. by herself. Of right. course, you know, she might be able to learn some of the stuff secondhand or maybe just from empathizing and putting herself in the shoes of a man, she might be able to help to some sure. degree, but I would sure. imagine it's never going to be the same. But then sure. another thing that I'll also add to it is that having two parents, I think that it just ends up making much more well-rounded people. And right. so to kind of sum up what you're saying, of course, we could take the traditional side of things and say, mm -hmm. you know, provider, uh, this mm -hmm. net is supposed to be the leader. Mm -hmm. But for, I guess, those people that might not necessarily be traditional, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's going to make a much more well-rounded kid if you mm -hmm. have two brains working to foster growth in a child right. as opposed to just one because right. something else I, something i talked to i'm getting tongue twisted something that i talked about another guest with about right. is right. that um whenever you have a whole lot on your plate mm -hmm. let's say like on the base level as far as like just providing mm -hmm. it makes it very hard for you to go to that second level when it comes to developing the people in your house of course Right. You know, if you're you're yes. if you're feeding your kids and all that, if you're paying the bills, great, great, great. But I right. think what a lot of people miss is that there are secondary levels to your child's care that go past just giving them food and having and having life, Absolutely. such as fostering that confidence, like you right. talked about and everything. And right. the fact of the matter is that single mom or single dad, when you have the load of two people on your plate, it just kind of makes it hard to do that. And so the way I look at it is. If you have both of those parents in the house, of course, and then if they're both working too, that all that baseline, so that's not even an issue. And it right. makes where they have much more bandwidth between each other to make mm -hmm. sure they're looking at their kid and seeing where he might be struggling, where those lapses might be to right. him overall into a better man. Right. I agree. It's, I was, no, it makes a lot of sense. I think that uh, in a lot of ways, traditionalism is what's destroying culture now, right? Um, a lot of traditionalism is what's creating division and hatred, right? The idea that things should be a certain way um, because it's been that way all this time. Uh, I don't, I don't subscribe to it. Uh, I think that, uh, for example, it, if a child is loved, that's the most important thing, which is why you see children that have success in a single parent household, and then you'll have children that are in a two-parent household and end up, you know, getting, you know, abusing drugs or being strung out. And it's like, well, they had a mom and a dad, or they had a mom and a mom or a dad and a dad, what happened, right? But that there was still something lacking that that child didn't get from those two people. Uh, so I think that uh, I agree with you a lot. Uh, I think also, you know, as far as providing, uh, you're absolutely right. The, the role of a, of a, dad in a home is not to be the provider 
uh, it's to provide, right? Like, but that's just one of the hats. Um, but if it's like, well, I pay the bills and I put food on the table and that's my role, then, you know, you're still missing 90% of the job because what kids want more than anything is your time. They can care less about the Jordans if they can get your time. So the, but still back to the, the question of being a man, there's still, you know, a woman still cannot teach a male child how to be a man. It doesn't mean that she can't teach him how to be successful or how mm-hmm. to be a good person. It doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that she doesn't have, just like a man can't teach a girl how to be a woman. Right. Right. Like we never really get to, to that aspect. And that, that's not really the, the, the topic of the show, but just what happens when you have a single dad and the girl doesn't have a mom, man, <laughs> talk, talk about what that dad goes through when he has a daughter and there's no mom. And it's like, wow, all the emotions and stuff she goes through. How do you handle that? Right. Same thing. A man can't teach a girl how to be a woman. Just can't do it no matter how much he tries. And and I don't know exactly why all that is. Maybe it's just a genetic makeup, but you know, you just can't. Yeah. I I can definitely see where you're coming from. And it was interesting. You made that point about traditionalism and Mm -hmm. how you said that it causes some issues in society. And I can see where you're coming from. And this is what, this is what has popped out to me. A lot of times it seems as though a lot of guys that are underdeveloped in the areas that they need to be developed in want to take on, I guess, those responsibilities that come with being a traditional man without putting in the work to actually, you could say, deserve a role like that. I mean, it doesn't work for everybody, but at the end of the day, just like there are men that want to live a traditional lifestyle, there are women that want to live a traditional lifestyle. But one of the things I feel like a lot of men miss, and I'm just talking about the men just because that's related to the show, right. is that in order to be this person that fits into that that mold or that is looked to to be a leader and to be that support, to be that pillar in your house, you have to have certain traits to be able to do that. And what I see happening, even in my own uh, home growing up, actually, is that whenever a man doesn't have those traits and he, as a result, he isn't getting the results that he wants from the people that he's supposed to be leading in his house, a lot of guys will tend to act out in pretty negative ways to exercise more control as opposed to doing that self-reflection and asking themselves, why is this the reaction that I'm getting? Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Because it's instead of being accountable. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It goes down, boils down to just not wanting to be accountable and looking at themselves, even though people are telling them, hey, look, this is why you're getting this response. You're doing X, Y, Z, and then they don't want to look at themselves and change. Uh, the, you know, the male in the household, I mean, and, it, and it's it's so different, right? Because, you know, when we're talking about roles and we're in a society where there, there really aren't, you know, the, the roles are, let's just say they're moving, right? They're, it's like mm-hmm. floating, right? It's more like, it's like, it's, you know, floating on top of water, and so it's really not stagnant or still, right? Those roles now change based on people in their relationships. Um, but one of the things that, you know, with when we're talking about developing young men uh, and young men that want to be able to, you know, lead a household or be, you know, um, 
the head or however they look at it or to be a leader in the household, maybe not the person, but a leader uh, is flexibility. One of the things that young men have to learn if they're going to lead a home uh, is they have to be the most flexible person in the home, right? So what that means is you're the person bending over backwards more than the, you know, if you choose to have, depending on the role, right? So if we're talking about, if you choose to have, let's just say a mate, and that mm -hmm. mate is the person that is going to be the person that is primarily taking care of the nurturing of the children, right? Because it's not it's not ever always equal, right? There's right. always going to be one person that because because both people there's going to be somebody that's a little bit better at that role than the other. Like you said, two heads are better than one. There's mm -hmm. going to be somebody that can just that that's more efficient at getting the kids bathed, getting them, teaching them how to read, teaching them, doing their homework. There's always going to be someone that's just a little bit better, right? Everybody has a role. Everybody can't hunt. Somebody got to kind of cook the food, right? So that person, right? But the person that is not doing that, the person that at the end of the day is going to be the, this is pretty much what we're going to do kind of thing, right? That, that makes the final call that person has to be the most flexible. That means a person that's the harder job because if, if your family needs food, right? Or let's say they need a new house, but you're like, man, no, this, this business is gonna get us successful, but, there's, but the house is flooding and man, we really just need to move. We can't wait another five years for this, this dream of yours. We need to move and then work on a dream. You gotta be flexible. You gotta be able to make that happen. And a lot of men, um, don't want to be flexible in their house. They don't want to be flexible when they're young, right? It's okay if you want to be a football player, you want to be a basketball player, you want to be a rapper, but God dog, man, you got to be able to make money right now too, right? You can't just be like, I'm not going to do nothing until this basketball career kick off, man, you 45. <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, talk about a basketball career, man, or, or, or whatever, like you gotta, you have to be flexible. You have to be flexible on your journey. So I guess the, the thing that they should be shooting for what you're saying is to be as dynamic of a, of a leader as their team needs them to be Absolutely. as dynamic as their, as their family needs them to be, whatever your family's needs are, you're that person that needs to find the ability to be able to stretch and to, to fit that hole wherever it is. And we shouldn't let, I guess, you know, too much rigidity when it comes to what our idea of what our role is stop us from providing what it is our family is requesting of us that's what you're saying the family comes first i mean if you're a young man and you're wanting to have a family the family comes first you come second you come after the family you don't come before the family right if you if you're going to get with somebody and you are going to raise a family with that person both people have to understand but, but we're talking about young men right the family comes first what the family needs comes first so and then whatever you want to do for the family comes second because the family has to be sustained because the family is your most important investment. The family is the most important investment. One of the, the reason why there are so many issues in young kids' lives is that the parents aren't making the family the most important investment. What do I mean by that? What do I mean? I mean, for example, when you have an investment, you protect your investment. You think of anything that you're invested in that you care about, because whether you have an investment where you, you love something, you're going to care for it. So 
Are you watching what your kids are looking at? Are you look, watching what they're reading? Social media, right? You're protecting your investment. That's So the family comes first. You got to do all that. But if you're like just focused on yourself and you're not tending to those things, then it's the cart leading the horse. It's backwards. And then you have the results of what would happen if the cart was leading the horse. So if we had, I guess this is the term that you could sum it up as, if we had more servant leaders in households, it would probably lead to a much better society. Absolutely. 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 More servant leaders in the household, because that's what a leader does. A leader serves, right? And when you're serving somebody, when you're waiting on somebody, you're being flexible. Oh, I need, oh, I need this. Hey, can you grab me this? Hey, we got to get this done over here. And you're serving and you're doing those things. You're not putting yourself in the center, right? So, I mean, you think, think about when you go to a restaurant now, customer service is a lot different than what it used to be back in the day, right? There was an idea before that the customer was always right. It wasn't that they were, but it was just, that was the kind of service you wanted to provide. They weren't always right. It wasn't the fact they were always right. Most times the customers are wrong, but the level of service you wanted to provide was, okay, we're going to let the, the customer have it because we want the customer to come back. You know, you, you, you're right, ma'am. You asked for a medium rare steak, not a well-done steak. Knowing good and darn well, she wanted that thing cooked like a tire. That's what she said. But you're right, ma'am. You asked for a medium rare, no problem. We're going we gonna to fix that up. It's service, right? And so right now we have a lot of people that are selfish. They're looking at themselves in the center. They're, they're putting themselves in the center. And that's the result of what's going on right now. Think about it. You got, you got young adults that want to idolize people that talk about things that influence young adults to do to take certain actions and then they're glorified for that right it, it, they're glorified for that so what do i mean you have you know whether it's rappers influencers or whatever that talk about certain things that a child should never hear that's the parents fault first of all but they end up hearing it and they end up making money from it and then they're glorified for it. They're glorified for it. Well, that's how selfish is that? Man, well, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm thanking God for all the success I had at the same time. Man, you just bad, you just a whole community, a whole group of kids can memorize all your lyrics and they can't even read, but they can memorize all this stuff. Not saying that this that person's fault in particular, again, it's the parents' fault, but look at the level of selfishness that's happening and how it's impacting youth. That's just one. Yeah, I, I think that I agree. I think that's selfish because there's no in the world you can tell me that a lot of these entertainers don't know that the stuff that they're saying is wrong. A lot of them make the excuse that they're telling their story. But at the same time, you know, this is how you know how this influences people, you know, how the music influenced you coming up, you know, how it made you want to do these different activities that probably weren't good for you or your community. So yeah, it's definitely selfish on them, but right. then you have to think every other community is subjected to that exact same influence. They have the same access to the music and all that, but it tends to hurt certain communities even more. And so then that poses the question that maybe it's a culture thing too. Um, yeah, it, it does. I mean, it, it, maybe it is. I mean, at the same time, the, in the U S you don't see as many, you don't see that with other cultures, the way you do, you know, with, 
you know, the black community, for example, you do not that <laughs> um, everybody enjoys hip hop. Not everybody knows how to separate the two. For example, you know, wrestling, you know, when you were a kid, you thought wrestling was real. You became an adult and you realize it's fake, right? It's all entertainment. There's no way somebody's getting pile driving and not breaking their neck. There's no way that these, right? It, it, so it's, it's entertainment, right? They go to school, they get trained. You, you realize that there's a whole, I don't want to say gimmick, but there's a whole business side, right? There's a whole strategy behind it. But a, a young kid doesn't know that. They don't know that. You've never listened to Luther Vandross on the drive-by shooting. You've never done it. Nobody's ever done it. You don't listen to do 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 do. And they listen to Luther, man. They, you know, you listen to whatever's gonna get you talked out. <laughs> <laughs> for real, man. <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> He's just adding, man. I mean, case of boy, you just don't, man. You ain't listening to <laughs> Keith or Johnny Gill or none of them, bro. You I mean, when you think about it, you listen to whatever's gonna get you in the mood for for that action. Right. And so that and so it, it impacts the youth and it's impacting the youth. Again, it's not. The entertainers, we, we can't fault them solely. We can't. Right. Because at the same time. They're even though that's sort of some of the music that's coming out or, you know, the things that are coming out on social media. They're still the ones that will come and do an event. They'll show up to a school. They'll give money. Right. They'll show up to an event. They'll give um, hundreds and hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars worth of worth of school supplies. For example, I mean, shoot, man, a uh, little baby in Atlanta uh, this summer uh, did an event and gave away like a whole truckload, a whole truckload full of school supplies for kids uh, in Atlanta over in Oakland City. But you don't hear about it. Right. You know, I mean, gave away thousands and thousands of dollars worth of school supplies so kids could go to school. So they could, I mean, books, paper, computers. Um, I mean, there are people out there giving away computers, right, to kids, right? And so the, so a lot of them are doing a lot of good with the money that they're making, right? But the kids don't necessarily hear about that part, right? Because that's the part you want them to hear about, right? You want them to hear about, yeah, man, you see him on TV, you see him rapping, man, but look, look at what he's doing over here as well, right? Those are the good things that they do. But then you have the average Joe, so to speak, the person that's criticizing them, man, and they won't give a dollar to a man on the street. Mm-hmm. That's a <laughs> good see, point. They won't give a dollar to they'll, they'll they'll have a they'll have a neighbor's kid that won't have shoes, and what they'll do is they'll gossip and talk about the neighbor and how bad the neighbor is for not giving their kids some shoes, not knowing that the man done lost his job. The woman done lost her job. They trying to survive. They'll talk about the neighbor instead of taking the 50, 60, hundred dollars, whatever, to get the kid a pair of shoes. And then they'll turn around and be like, man, look at all these people doing all this stuff. Right. So then it's, it's so much. Right. So, I mean. Hmm. So it's almost like, hey, if you're going to if you're going to open your mouth to criticize, at least do your part. Do something about it. Yeah, if they, you see an issue, do something about it. You know, um, it's not on them. I mean, we do something about it. For young men, it's particularly, you see all these problems out here in the world, do something about it. Pick one. Uh, we talk about how success is hard to become successful. No, it's not. Um, it's not hard to become successful. You are successful when you change your self-image of yourself, when you change the image you have of yourself. 
then you are successful. Success is a progressive realization of a worthwhile dream. It's not hard to become successful, right? You can become successful once you change that self-image. But there are so many issues out here in the world that you could pick an issue that you feel strongly about and attack that issue and the things that you want in life, those material things, those whatever kind of lifestyle you want will come along with whatever it is, whatever problems you're solving. And I'm glad that you brought that up, that success is relative and you don't have to be a millionaire or anything like that. It all really just depends on what's important to you and what you want to pursue. And so I think that's a good one to end it on since we're wrapping up close on time now. And so for anyone that wants to find you and uh, look into what you're doing, where could they go? Uh, The best way to find me is uh, SF Dreams Big on IG. Follow me on IG. SF Dreams Big is the best way to find me. Um, if they want any of the information about, you know, the magazine and stuff like that, then they can go to YCHIAMAG.com stands for you can have it all magazine.com. We can just type in, you can have it all magazine. It'll pop right up. Yeah. All right. That's the best way to get me. Yes, sir. All right. Great. Well, Hey, thanks again for coming on to the show. I think we had a great interview. I think you offered a lot of value and, uh, looking forward to getting this posted and everything. All right. Let's do it, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, likewise, man. Take care. All right. You too.